Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for another episode of Dark Becomes Light with Heidi Hollis. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself, depending on the subject matter and your needs. Listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to my show. Remember, each week, this is the place to come to to learn about anything and everything out of the ordinary, from angels to aliens and shadow people to hat man. I welcome you, the listener, to participate also in this show by sending in whatever is on your mind. Just go to HeidiHollis.com and put as much detail as you'd like. Or if you'd like to come on this show and share your encounters, your experiences, your thoughts, I welcome it. And the more, the better. Now, today is going to be a really fascinating conversation. It's one of my favorites. I know, I'm known for being that demon lady, shadow people hat man, but I actually have more books on the topics of Jesus encounters, angel encounters, and all of that good positive stuff versus my demon topics. And we are going to talk about near-death experiences, that in-between-life stuff that we all have to get to at some point, don't we? And talking about these connections that get made in between those different lifetimes. Have you had a near-death experience? Have you had an understanding that just doesn't quite fit into the mold of what's out there? Because I know I have. I've had memories of in between lifetimes, and some would say even many near-death experiences, which uh, I'll get in a little bit detail here. I've not really shared much here about that, but I can't help but to wonder how and why I've experienced a lot of the things that I have, but it may have something to do with those little brushes with death. I say little, but Nothing's little about near-death experiences, right? Wow. So, growing up, I had a severe form of epilepsy. And luckily, I outgrew it, so it is something of my past. But in those moments, I am very, very confident that I got glimpses of the other side. But I also know... I had glimpses into this other side without those seizures and various phenomena that happened in my lifetime. But I would have these moments of clarity. I was seeing people in white robes. I was taught different things and uh, went to a place that I know to be a crystal city. That's the best way to describe it. 
ancient Roman looking like buildings or Greek and going inside and being taught different things. Now it's uh, been really interesting to randomly bump into people who have some knowledge of these things and I have been on a learning streak about that more recently and I am still learning but it's really changed a lot of my perspective. And I recall as a kid telling my sister, um, <laughs> I went to the Crystal City again and saw another angel talking to angels, learning different things. And uh, it's so peculiar. It is so peculiar because when you're a kid, you just don't have that filter. You just share, right? You just are like, hey, this took place and uh, it is what it is. As an adult, I don't run into people where I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I had this happen. But I'll tell you, there is something I am working on right now that uh, I'll have to speak on in the future as I put my thoughts, my research all into perspective on some of the things that may have happened to me that are connecting a lot of dots and... uh just blowing my mind. And it takes a lot to blow my mind. I have dealt with so many strange things in this lifetime. And uh, wow, it just keeps going there. But I want to share with you one of my favorite near-death experiences that I've ever come across. And um, I just, I love how people turn their lives in a different direction after they have these near-death experiences and, and how they help others do the same thing. That they're believed and taken seriously when they come back. So this comes from today.com. And the title of this is I Crossed Over. Survivors of near-death experiences share afterlife stories. And the subtitle says, for many, the question of what happens when we die is a mysterious one. But for others, the question has a clear answer. And this is by Lindsay Sobel Diner and Chris Sirico. And it continues, for many, the question when we die is mysterious. And a Today survey found that 55% of people are absolutely certain there is an afterlife. 37% are not certain, and 8% are certain there isn't an afterlife. Those are some strange numbers, aren't they? I'm like, 55% are absolutely certain, and some of us just don't think about it? That's really odd, um, or just don't believe. So it continues, but for some who have been through near-death experiences, the question has a very clear answer. Take public speaker Anita Morjani, and wow, her story is something else, guys. She shared her story with Maria Shriver on today, and she says, I believe that I died, yes, that I crossed over into the afterlife and back, said Morjani, adding that the afterlife is like being in a really unlimited space and time. Diagnosed with lymphoma in 2002, Morjani, who considers herself more spiritual than religious, why does that always have to be a point? Uh, I don't understand. But I just have to say that because, again, it's like if you're raised in one religious belief, it's okay to say that's where you stand, right? Isn't it okay? But for some reason, uh, people point out I'm very general just so they could be open to others, I guess. I, I don't know. Because I used to say it too. 
you know, oh, I'm spiritual, you know, meaning I believe there's a higher power, but I'm not going to slap a title of a religion behind it. But then I'm like, well, I believe in Jesus, so I'm Christian, right? So I don't know. So I, I've had that argument on here with myself many times. Sorry, guys. Um. So anyways, so <laughs> to continue... She was losing her cancer battle, withering down to just 85 pounds and battling tumors from the base of her skull to her abdomen. She slipped into a coma in February of 2006. She said that's when she died and crossed over to an afterlife. She says, I felt as though I was above my body. It was like I had 360-degree peripheral vision of the whole area around, but not just in the room where my body was in, but beyond the room. According to Mojani, the author of the new book, well, it was new when this article came out, Dying to Be Me. She was reunited in that state with her late father, who told her to turn back. He said that I've gone too far as far as I can, and if I go any further, I won't be able to turn back, she said. But I felt I didn't want to turn back because it was so beautiful. It was just incredible because for the first time, all the pain had gone. All the discomfort had gone. All the fear was gone. I just felt so incredible, and I felt as though I was enveloped in this feeling of just love, unconditional love. Citing an incredible clarity where everything started to make sense, she said she decided to return to her body because she believed it would heal very quickly. And it did. Within four days, my tumors shrunk by 70% and the doctors were shocked. And I kept telling everyone that I know I'm going to be okay. I know it's not my time to die. So... I've actually heard stories like this one where people had a terminal illness and they passed and they came back like against all odds. Like, how is that possible? If we're allowing ourselves to get to that point of understanding that it is possible, isn't it easy to understand that there may be a higher power that helped in that? I mean, there had to be some kind of special design in it, right? Why? Why were we able to come back? Why are we able to peak and come back? I have uh, a friend that uh, is a guest on this show, Carolyn Clapper, who had meningitis. She had the viral and bacterial meningitis, died and came back with incredible abilities. She's one of the top medical mediums in the world now. So there is something going on. And I hope that we can get to that sense of understanding because if we can, if we can realize that and own that, there's power in that. It's like having no doubts, as I tell people. It's like, how do you have no doubts? Like when you're standing in front of something so evil, how do you gather that strength to have no doubts that you can indeed be okay in that moment? Because I have no doubts in this higher power to be able to stand behind me. Because here's evidence right here. Somebody died of a horrible disease and bounces back and says, hey, I'm going to heal. And it's like, I'm sorry, but you've got tumors from your skull down to your abdomen. There's no way up. It's gone in four days. How is that possible? 
Miracles, people. Miracles. I think we have to realize miracles help us understand there is a great designer in this world. And uh, if there's something that can control the positive, there are dark things that can control the negative. But we just got to fight back and have no doubts in the positive. You feel me? All right, we're going to continue this conversation. And we got fabulous guests coming up at the end of this show. And I'll talk a bit more about that after the break. You guys, you are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Keep it here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Heidi Hollis will be right back. LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective um, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you feel stressed, suffer from fatigue, moodier than usual, or would like to fall asleep easier and sleep more soundly while losing weight, do we have something for you? Accelerate and Elevate. I take Elevate Performance Supplement in the morning for energy and laser focus for work. Then before bed, I take Accelerate, weight management and sleep combo. And indeed, I now sleep soundly through the night. Plus, I'm losing weight. It's amazing. I've maybe gotten four to five hours of sleep max a night. I'm sleeping 
sleeping between six and seven. I wake up to use the bathroom, but I go right back to sleep, which has never happened before, which is pretty awesome. I noticed a higher level of happiness. I also noticed that I wasn't taking naps. I had more energy. I was more in the moment with my kids. Like we were laughing more. We were more excited. Every single person needs to feel this. I lost 10 pounds and five and a half inches off my waist. And I'm so proud of myself. It gives you energy. It helps you sleep better. It just works. I stand by it 100%. I was on a handful of medications to help me sleep, to help me be happy. Tons of therapy. When I'm ready to go to sleep, I'm getting seven to nine hours of sleep every night. I've lost some pounds, um, inches mainly. My family has me back. Try Accelerate and Elevate. Discounted for listeners to the show. Plus further discounts with the George Power Pack, including a free gift. Learn more and order now at our website, energyfocussleep.com. That's energyfocussleep.com or 800-394-9930. So jump on the path now to all day energy, better sleep, and weight loss with Accelerate and Elevate. Energyfocussleep.com, energyfocussleep.com or 800-394-9930. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. This program today is all about that life in between life. Like, what is going on there? How are some people having memories of that life between life and how people are having these afterlife connections as well. In fact, today, after this segment, I have a couple of guests, Dr. David Bettenhausen and Carla Bogney-Kitt, who will be discussing some of their work and understandings of their connections between lifetimes, which I find absolutely fascinating. And uh, I wanted to finish reading this article to you about another case of a near-death experience that just kind of shows the different stages that things happen to people and why that might be. Like, what is the bigger picture and why these things might happen? All right. So this, again, this comes from today.com. And it says, diagnosed at age four with a chronic digestive disorder, eight-year-old Annabelle Beam experienced intense pain and frequent hospital visits. She was always so sweet and gracious, her father Kevin told today. She wasn't making a big deal out of it, and she was suffering in silence. But the suffering started to overwhelm Annabelle. I told my mom, Mama, I want to die and go to heaven with Jesus where there is no more pain. I don't want to be in this much pain for the rest of my life, she said. And so I was committed to just giving up that sometimes whenever I couldn't sleep, I'd kind of try and figure out what would happen if I did die. Then I decided my mom would come with me. My dad would stay and watch my sisters. Annabelle's mother, Christy, refused to believe what she'd heard. I remember thinking, that's not what she said. Christy recalled, she doesn't know anything about giving up. She's a fighter. Days later, Annabelle said she fell 30 feet from a tree branch that cracked while she was sitting on it with her sister, Abby. She claims that after bumping her head three times on the way down and falling into the hollowed-out base of the tree, she died and went to heaven. 
It was really bright. And I sat on Jesus's lap and he told me, whenever the firefighters get you out, there will be nothing wrong with you, Annabelle recalled. And I asked him if I could stay and he said, no, I have plans you need to fulfill on earth that you cannot fulfill in heaven. That's interesting, huh? A few days later, she told her family about her experience. She was very matter-of-fact, very like, this is what happened. Not at all animated, just here are the facts, Christy said. And then she stopped talking and looked out the window for the rest of the trip. Now symptom-free, Annabelle has gone from taking 10 daily medications to none. She fell 30 feet headfirst without any injuries or one bug bite, her mom said. She came out of that tree hours later, wet, muddy, and with scratches, and she's well. The tree, which toppled due to the weather, remains in the Beam family front yard, besides a cross Kevin carved after the accident. I'm glad that I didn't ever try and cut it down, he said. I do think that this tree was actively involved in a miracle. There goes that word. His wife, who turned Annabelle's story into the book Miracles from Heaven, which has now been turned into a major motion picture of the same name, agreed. It had purpose, Christie said. It was a vessel. Annabelle, who continues to climb trees, feels fortunate. She says, most kids aren't ever healed. And so anytime I see the tree, I'm just grateful and happy. Love it. I love those stories. You know, it's a strange thing. Like when death happens, it just never feels right, does it? Like, yep, that was meant to happen. Even some people, they're at death's door. They don't want to die. Some people, yeah, I mean, they're in so much pain. They want to give up. But is that the goal? No, it's like we always seem to be surprised when death happens starts to creep or it just hits us and it's like why is that why do we feel like we should indeed be able to live a lot longer than we have and I know there's a reason I know there's something to that and um, this is something that I talked about but I haven't talked much here on this program about the thing that limits life on this planet it's in the Bible, it's been written of in the past in other ways and forms, uh, is evil. Evil put its print on mankind. But we read in the Bible how people lived hundreds of years, right? Like, did they count right? Did they count the same way that we do? Okay, Jesus is 33 years old, but Moses was how? What? Moses was how old? What, what are we talking about here? So something is very different in the way that humankind's life extends, right? And I know I've been keeping my finger on the pulse of shadow people hat, man, that whole phenomena going on. And again, one of the reasons I know that I came here to be born is uh, to point out these evil things. And my understanding is when these evil things are shown the door by enough people, that life expectancy is going to change as well. A time of change. You know, people are talking about the end of the world, and I'm like, it's a time of change. 
this planet's been here a long time. Is it going to blow up? Uh, you know, everybody has their interpretations and there are a ton out there, but I believe it's a time of change. And definitely a lot of us have to get the message in order to pull through this change well enough because um, I would be really scared if it was the end right now because way too many people, what, what did it say at the beginning of this article? It says 55% of people believe there is an afterlife. 8% say they don't believe there is and 37% aren't sure. I think we need to figure this out, don't we? <laughs> I mean, why are we leaving this to chance? What What is going on here? Why is this a question? I don't know. Until you lose somebody close to you. Your mother died. Oh, no. We only get one mom, right? Birth mother. Of course, we could have a lot of <laughs> moms throughout our lives that help mentor us and, and whatnot. But when we have such a loss, it is so, so earth shattering. Just we wonder what happened. Where are they? How can we get them back? How can I make sure they're okay? Where did they go? Shouldn't we know this part by now? I mean, why are we not better with with understanding this process? We have a lot of practice, don't we? A lot of practice in understanding people don't live a whole heck of a lot here. We see somebody make it to their 90s and we're like, wow, life well lived, way to go. And imagine if we could live a lot longer than that, if we didn't have this negative, dark energy thing pulling on us all the time. They say stress ages a person. Oh, I'm positive of that. Have you seen somebody that has a really stressful job and at the end of their workday, they are depleted, absolutely depleted. They lose sleep over it. <laughs> They're not laughing. They're not smiling. I mean, the muscles in your face, it just all droops down. Honestly, you can look in somebody's eyes and say, you're, you're sad, aren't you? Because the light is out. So we can read these things, right? So if we can read these things, then we know that there is a process that we need to get better at. That there's negative things that could pull our energy down. And where does our energy come from? Is there a battery packed in us somewhere? I think there's something else packed in us. It's a soul. And if things like hat man, shadow people can reach into your chest and pull your soul out, how draining is that? And what are we talking about here? So we've got to figure this stuff out and get better at this whole arena called life and realize that there is an afterlife and there is something that we better understand a whole lot better than we do now. <laughs> I know we can do it. I don't think I'm a fluke. I don't think a lot of people are flukes that talk about having been to this other realm, this other place. We continue to exist. We continue to exist when we close our eyes to go to sleep. There's a whole lot of me doing a whole lot of stuff. And sometimes I hear about it from people. It's not strange to say. You know, back in the day when a lot of people didn't have a website, I did. And uh, I would get the most interesting emails from people just like yourselves 
who would tell me that uh, they saw me somewhere and would be so adamant about it and so determined to let me know they saw me somewhere. And I just couldn't put two and two together to understand. And they send their photos and I'm like, wow, they look familiar. And I'd have glimpses and memories of having seen or helped somebody. It's in my sleep while astral projecting or what some call bilocation. It's a strange world we live in. Our bodies are something else. Our souls are powerful. We have gifts that we don't even fully understand because I sure have not. And I'm still learning like all of you. So um, yeah, let's realize that there's an afterlife. And you know, after the break, we're going to talk to a couple of fascinating guests that recalled their in-betweens, their connections personally, and uh, how it's helped them to better understand and pull them closer together and help explain some things that might help you. There's always a way. There's always people that kind of add to our knowledge base. And it's always neat. It doesn't have to be your beliefs necessarily, but it's uh, it's a learning experience. We take little pieces and might help fill the gap somewhere and, and it's all good. So stick around because uh, it's going to get really, really fascinating. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And we will be right back. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut. I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. 
Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At ParanormalDate.com, you meet the most fantastic people. Hi, I'm Tom. Hi, I'm Jennifer. What brings you here? Yeah, I'm here to meet someone who understands me. How so? Well, I'm into UFOs, ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, uh, the paranormal, uh, that kind of stuff. But can't seem to find anyone who gets it. Oh, well, um, nice to meet you, Tom. I, I gotta go. Uh, okay. Guess that's not your cup of tea. Are you sure? Very. Good luck with that. I can't meet anyone when I'm out and I really can't find a website for my unique interests. What is one to do? Have you thought about ParanormalDate.com? Para what dot what? Who are you? I'm a paranormal matchmaker and it's ParanormalDate.com It's a website for people looking for people like them. Stuff you like, remember? Interesting. Uh, I'll give it a try. Well, let's try this again. Uh, hi, I'm Tom. Hey, I'm Deb. Your profile on Paranormal date.com looked very interesting. So you really saw a UFO? Well, yeah. It was so intense, but not as intense as meeting you. You're an alien chasing flirt, but I kind of like it. Wow. This paranormaldate.com thing really works. Maybe paranormaldate.com is for you. People with an interest in things they hear on George's show find their match daily. So if you're looking for that special someone with an interest in UFOs, ghosts, aliens, big Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and of course, the paranormal. Come to the dating site inspired by George Nori. It's always free to search, and if you decide to upgrade to our amazing new features, use promo code GEORGE for a great discount. ParanormalDate.com. You are not alone. We're happy to let you know that our Coast to Coast AM official YouTube channel has now reached 300,000 subscribers. You can listen to the first hour of recent and past shows all for free. So head on over to coasttocoastam.com and hit the YouTube icon at the top of the page. This is free show audio, so don't wait. coasttocoastam.com is where you want to be. Hey folks, it's easier than ever to become a Coast to Coast AM insider and have access to past shows, the Art Bell Vault with classic audio and interviews, and so much more. And you can listen to the show live or on demand with your computer or cell phone, and the audio streams are high quality and crystal clear. It's easy to become an insider. Just head on over to coasttocoastam.com, the website, and you'll find all the info right there. That's coasttocoastam.com, coasttocoastam.com. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And as promised, I have a couple of fabulous guests I'm going to introduce right now. Dr. David Bettenhausen and Carla Bogney-Kid. They have been close friends since 1998 and feeling a deeper spiritual kinship for each other. When Dave and Carla had spontaneous memories of 29 past lives together while meditating. They went on to get past life regression training with Dr. Brian Weiss, and David is a physician who is semi-retired and Carla recently retired as his office manager. They now share their message together where the gift of past lives and how love is the answer. 
So welcome, Dave and Carla. We're great, Heidi. Yes, I. It's a pleasure to meet you, Heidi. <laughs> Same. It, you two have quite the background, and I think it's beautiful, and I think a lot of people would benefit to hear your story. Uh, so what can you tell us? Like, how did this happen? Like, I've come into a room and met people, and I'm like, gosh, do I know you're from somewhere? And And, and it's like, it's a weird connection. And so you two have that. And, I mean, how did that come to be? Well, like you said, Heidi, Back in 1998, I bought the practice where Carla was the office manager. We soon became best of friends. Life was good. We were having a a successful practice. Carla had my back all the time. She's an absolutely wonderful woman. And about seven years ago, we started Electronic Medical Records, which, which was a big change to how the practice was. And Carla came in one day and said, you know, you've become a real grouch. Uh, Actually, uh, it was worse than grouch because he's normally like a cross between Fred Flintstone and, and, uh, you know, Yogi Bear. (laughs) You couldn't even speak with him. He was so cranky. And I just said, do you want to, uh, do you want me to call a counselor or do you want to try meditation in the office? So we decided to meditate in the office. Uh, We did it with all four of us before the patients would come in. And um, the first two days, it was all of us. On the third day, it was just Dave and I. And Dave realized that he had a gift for the first time in his entire life that he could speak with the spiritual world. Um, He never knew it until that day in May uh, 2014. Wow. And it was, yeah, it was very strange for me but also it became sort of a a a significant transition in in the way I looked at everything in life Uh, I met my spirit guide whose name was Isabella and she immediately told me she had been with me for 6,000 years through 42 different past lives we kept meditating every day because I told Carla that I thought maybe I was crazy but I started to share with her And she said, well, we've got to keep doing this path because it's making you a better physician. You're you're kind. You're caring. The Dave I remember came back. One day I was meditating, and I, I looked at Carla and said, I just had this strange memory. And I was, it was back in 1962, and I was three years old. And I knew my dad had gone to graduate school in Boston, And I remembered being a three-year-old running on the beach in Boston. Carla looked at me and said, when were you in Boston? We grew up in Boston because I was originally from Nebraska. Ended up in Ohio where I bought this practice. Carla was raised in Boston. And I said, well, I was running on the beach and I was screaming and yelling and I could see this Ferris wheel in the background and a roller coaster and souvenir shops. And I was running, screaming, and this little girl ran over and pushed me down. She sat on my chest and gave me a kiss on the forehead. And she jumped up, put her hands on her hips. She had on this little two-piece ruffled blue bathing suit. And she said, be quiet, you're bothering my family. And Carla looked at me and said, Dave, it was me. And I didn't have to, I didn't have any, um, meditation 
um, moment where I said, oh, I remember that. I remembered it because um, we were raised the good Catholic family, um, five girls, I was the, the baby, and for whatever reason, the day, my parents were, you know, Catholic, getting uh, splitting up, getting back together, splitting up, but that particular day, we were all together. We were not well off. My father rented two cabs, and all seven of us went to Revere Beach, and we knew by the description that Dave was given us that it was Revere Beach because it wasn't just sand. It had a big amusement park with it. So when we got got there I didn't have a bathing suit for whatever reason and I normally would have inherited one from one of my sisters so we all went across the street and I got my first brand new two-piece blue ruffled bathing suit it was etched in my mind because I had something new my first two-piece bathing suit and my family was together and um, Dave was quite obnoxious that day but when he said it um, you know screaming like he did um, (laughs) It was just, I couldn't believe that he would know that. My sister worked in the office with us, and we both had, like, chills up our back. It's like, how could you possibly know this? So we continued to meditate to see what else would happen. Yeah, so we kept meditating because we thought, wow, we actually met when we were three and four years old. And not again until 35 years later. And so every day we kept meditating. And then I had a day where I had this memory And I was suddenly standing in an alley, and it was dark. And there was a bright light over there, and and I looked across the alley, and I'll say I saw Carla standing in the alley. Now, it looked like Carla, not exactly. She had on this fringed dress, and her hair was shorter, and she had a little band, but it was still her same steel blue eyes, and I knew it was her. And then two bright lights flashed. I heard a bang. I got hit in the chest and I was thrown back and I knew I'd been shot. So I told her this memory and she looked at me like, okay, the next day we're meditating. I get more of the story. I find out that I met this flapper named Ruby Donaldson, whose whose father's name was James. He, she was from Bullock, Georgia. She had moved to Chicago to become a dressmaker, because that was her dream. However, she got caught up, and she was working for a man named Angelo. And Angelo used to come into my bank, and I was a junior banker, and I got invited to Angelo's wedding. And at Angelo's wedding, I met Ruby Donaldson, one of the flappers that worked for him. I told Carla this story. Carla is the most curious woman there is out there. So Carla took the story and went went searching. And actually, um, on a, a day that I was off, I went on to Ancestry.com and I found Ruby Donaldson, born in 1904 to James and Anna Donaldson, one of 11 children. Um, and then I also found an article from the wedding of the mobster, Angelo Jenna, um, <laughs> January the 10th, 1925, he married Lucille Spinola, and Lucille Spinola's brother was um, the president, owner of the bank where J.J. worked. And I also found an article um, about the wedding cake. They had 3,000 mobsters at this wedding. It was held at Ashland Auditorium. Um, It was so large, they couldn't have it at a church. in Chicago, and the wedding cake was over 10 feet tall. Imagine a cake that served 3,000 people. So I called Dave and I said, you know, all these names you're giving me, I can corroborate them. 
I can corroborate the wedding and I found the article about um, the cake and everything. So, you know, of course this made us so curious and we just continued to meditate. Unbelievable. I, I've got to ask you both because one thing I like to uh, express here on this show is how people are met with something so out of the ordinary and how they incorporate that into their lives. How on earth do you, you get met with this reality that you know a lot of people can't relate to and allow it to sink in and to, to be part of who you are and, and expressing who you are? I mean, how, what, were, what were you guys doing and thinking about all of that? Well, in the beginning, um, you know, we couldn't wait to do it because we were so curious to see what else we would find out. Um, but ultimately, after we did, when I did tell my family, um, all but one sister has nothing to do with me. They're, they are sure that I am, um, you know, uh, friendly with Satan um, and um, oh. I'm going straight to hell. Yes. That's horrible. And I know, it's, but yeah. it's when you mess with people's core beliefs. Yeah. In whichever manner, they cannot handle it. And if they are wrong and you are right, then that really disturbs them. They don't know what to believe. They don't know what to think because most people through religion have been taught about good and bad, um, hell, heaven, and -hmm. what you have to do to save yourself. So reincarnation just throws a big monkey in, you know, into the whole thing. Reincarnation was God's plan from the beginning. You can have reincarnation and God both. But Dave, how about your sister? Yeah. Well, my sister was a a little bit doubtful, but I guess I looked at this differently because I thought, okay, I'm crazy, but I'm a physician, so I ought to find out more. So I read the research by Ian Stevenson, Jim Matlock, Jim Tucker, you know, where they're they're looking at spontaneous memory of children, and they found, you know, 2,500 kids that have very verifiable stories, much like Ruby and JJ's story. I started looking at meditation and realized that meditation, past life regression or hypnosis and of that kind, the time between wake and sleep, our brains actually start to access the subconscious at those same times. And we actually have alpha waves in the back of our heads and theta waves that show up if you do EEGs, we start see increased blood flow in both parts of the brain when this happens. So all those times that people report past life memories, the brain is doing the same thing. Absolutely fascinating. Unbelievable. Well, we're going to end it right here, and we are going to pick this up after the break with Dr. David Bettenhausen and Carla Bogny-Kidd. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, and we will be right back. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. There's more Heidi Hollis coming right up. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com. 
Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. She's a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective um, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Coast to Coast AM mobile app is here and waiting for you right now. And with the app, you can hear classic shows from the past seven years, listen to the current live show, and get access to the Art Bell Vault where you can listen to uninterrupted audio. Head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website. We have a handy video guide to help you get the most out of your mobile app usage. All the info is waiting for you now at coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. Every eight minutes, the American Red Cross brings help and hope to people in need. Thanks to the support of everyday heroes like you, the Red Cross is able to respond to disasters big and small, support military families, help ensure that blood is available when needed, and teach life-saving skills like CPR and first aid. Be a hero. Donate today. Visit redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. (laughs) Just before the break, we're speaking with Dave and Carla. And my goodness, it breaks my heart whenever I hear people have been essentially disowned for having a an experience that doesn't have anything to do with anybody else, but they can't stand to hear it. And, oh gosh, I have to cut this off. La, 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 la. I got to cover my ears. It's like, I think of how 
weak is that person's faith that they can't even hear these things. But I understand that words have power as well. But it's like whatever we let in is is the culprit, not, uh, you know, it's your family, it's your brothers, your sisters. So I'm sorry to hear that you guys have had challenges, but um, I'm curious to learn about your books and what it is that you've come across in all of these things that you've been doing that are just fascinating. Well, our, our first book was The Gift of Past Lives with Mother, Mother Isabella, God, and Elizabeth. And it's really a book that explains our initial experience. It explains the five simple rules of living, which we'll go over. It also shows many of our past lives and we'll, we'll say what choices we made that weren't correct and what we should have learned from those choices that we would bring into the next life. And our second book is called Hell No Reincarnation. And we actually look at some of the research on reincarnation. We look at some of the biblical references to reincarnation. We actually look at the fact that biblically, we don't believe there's a hell, that hell is really a combination word that was placed in the, in the King James Bible. It's, it's really related to a place called Sheol, Hades, and the Valley of Gehenim. The Valley of Gehenim is the ditch outside of Jerusalem where they put people to death and burned and killed people. And then there's people like myself who have seen hell, and <laughs> it's like, oh, you know. So it gets it gets con it gets confusing for some people when they Correct. hear these things, and if they have an understanding. So, but I I, I get it. I mean, there's uh, people that have different faiths and different beliefs, and it's like, how do we know for certain? How do we know? what is so, you know, so, but again, it, it's like people should take in what they hear and decipher for themselves what fits into their reality. So our, our reality has become that reincarnation was God's plan from the beginning, chance after chance, you're given free will when you're here on earth, you need free will because without free will, you cannot love because love cannot be coerced or forced. And when you choose to make all decisions out of love, you return as the spark of love from God you were created back to the creator as love. It's a kind pretty of, simple kind message. Of, kind, of, kind of beautiful. <laughs> kind of beautiful. Um, and so you get chance after chance. There's not this, this chance. You screwed it up in, because you only lived one day, one month, one year, or only one lifetime. You get well, another chance. Let me ask you both. Do you feel, uh, if that's the case, uh, so people be like, okay, well, I'll just kill and, and then, oh, I'll get another chance. I'll just bet on that happening. I mean, so there is this thing called karma. I know that's that's something that <laughs> you, you mentioned as well. And it's like, but is it right to just keep on doing this? And, and, and could it be potentially responsible for deja vus? Have I been here before? Did I do this? Did I have to repeat this scenario because I kept messing up? I think the answer to that is yes. You know, you keep, you keep going through these things and you're responsible for your own actions. So when you start seeing your life now and you find that your life is what some people report as hopeless, it's because you may have done hopeless things to people in the past. Getting off this cycle is the real reward. Returning home to God is the reward. So you want to finish your karma you don't want to hurt people. So 
Killing someone is going to bring you back to another life. Committing suicide and cutting your own life short is going to bring you back to another life. And you have to face the same problems you had in the life that you tried to shorten. So you can't escape by killing suicide or any of those things. Carver isn't always so black and white, um, cut and dry. For instance, Dave's father, a couple uh, is now passed over, but in one of his lives, he was a slave trader. And of course, he stole children and um, people, separated families, chained them in his boat, delivered them to uh, the Americas. And then in a life after that, um, he actually lost his wife. His child was abducted. Um, his son was murdered. And then the life after that was this life when he was Dave's father, a very wonderful man, um, a principal, um, well-liked, respected um, good-natured, but he suffered for 20 years with Parkinson's disease and was chained to his wheelchair. So karma isn't always that simple, but he learned what it was like to be chained and to be owned. But how do we know? So I understand that there's proof of reincarnation with different uh, bits of research that's out there. But, you know, so I hear your story, I hear what you're saying about his father, and it's like, but how do we know? It, it's, a, it's a very subjective understanding, and, and I, it's not that I, I can't relate. I have some understandings of past connections myself, but uh, I can't say that I've kept cycling over and over here. I have memories of not coming here, but going elsewhere, and it seems that's, that's an expansive route for souls uh, to go outside of this uh, this planet itself only. And have you heard of that concept before? Um, certainly we've heard of that concept. I'm going to tell you that the third book, which is called The Manual, we discuss a lot of that in detail. Um, part of that is the experience of not being physically present on earth, that heavenly experience, the time between lives, is a very bright, light, crystalline. You fill in the details based on your past life memories. So what you see when you're not in this world can seem very unworldly. However, I believe it's the time between lives. We wait for the next cycle when you actually cycle back to the next time to return. And so you're going to see crystalline light, angel lights. Colors. The colors. The music will be different. Experiences you are not of this world. You recall this in between? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, actually, I've had, I got to experience and watch my father's, but I also have got to experience my own. And it's much like you sit in a council of 12, your spirit guide and angels are also present. God will make a appearance usually in some form. You actually watch your past life almost like you're watching a movie. When you do something that hurts someone, you experience the pain that they felt, the sorrow. So if you're someone who committed suicide, you're going to see your family members who are sad, or your family members that are angry, or your children who no longer have a father and have had to change the way they go to school, can't get the same clothes, moved out of a house because they lost their house. You will experience those things 
so that you understand what happens. And again, people say, well, I don't remember those things. Well, from a scientific point of view, in the subconscious, we actually do record all positive and negative experiences while we're living. That's the same thing we access when we do past life regression or meditation. And it's just like this. When you touch something and it's hot, it burns you and you pull back. The next time you touch something hot, you pull back faster. Your past life memories are also in that same place. So your past life memories will say, I have to avoid that. I can't kill myself. I shouldn't put myself in that position. And if that isn't enough, you have a little voice in your head that's your spirit guide who says, don't steal the piece of candy when you're 10 years old. <laughs> now, the Council of 12, the life review, these are things that we do hear a lot about, but I'm curious about that other in between. The Before you go before the Council of 12, before you go into your mother's belly, what is that like? Uh, Carla, do you recall that? Um, I don't. I cannot, like Dave does it. I actually one time did go to council. I was able to um, experience that. But I can tell you what Isabel has told us and that we've written in the manual. We actually wait on plane two, and we refer to that as our pod. And the reason we refer to it as a pod is that it's a soul the shape. I'm sorry? Is it like a soul group? Uh, well, you have um, a group of pod sisters or brothers, um, actually three souls and one spirit guide. Those are, um, they're all very similar in nature, uh, personalities, sometimes in looks. But your soul family is actually, um, includes many of the pods that are closest to each other. For example, Dave's and my pods are next to each other. So for us to have 29 past lives together is not unusual yeah. because we're part of the same soul group. So we come back over and over and over again. It's a beautiful thing. You know, I hate to say we're at like the 22nd mark. How can people get a hold of you in your books? Um, they can go to our website, which is thegiftofpastlives.com. Um, certainly the books are available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all the other outlets that you could look for. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. This was really insightful. Thank you. Thanks, Heidi. Thanks a lot, Heidi. It's been a pleasure. Wow. So we've come to the bottom of another really interesting topic. It's always fascinating to me how people come to their conclusions and own it against all odds and when a lot of people can be truly harsh against them. We all have our opinions. We all have our own conclusions. It's very subjective learning about this world and the next. And, uh, you know, there's been enough wars fought over these things. But whatever it is you know to be true for yourself, own it. Go for it. All right. Be sure to visit HeidiHollis.com. You have been listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, and we will catch you next time. Stay safe, be blessed, and goodbye, everybody. Well, if you liked this edition of Dark Becomes Light, wait till you hear the next one. You've been listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.